Hi everybody and welcome to the I Said Yes to Me podcast. So if you listened to yesterday's episode, I spoke about the fact that I had finally got to the point in my life where I said yes, that I wanted to live my life differently because up until now I have lived it in a way where I thought um, what other people wanted from me, the expectations, just go listen to yesterday's episode, it was dated the 14th of August 2022, if you want to hear the whole thing, um, but I also said that I'm going to document my journey along the way every single day, I'm committing to putting out a podcast every day so that I can document my journey because I have committed to saying yes to me for the next year and yes to life and then it will be a habit. Now, I know they say it only takes 21 days or 60 days, whatever the new science says, to change a habit. But, you know, when you're starting to live your life in a different way, and I think it's going to take a heck of a lot longer than 21 days. So I thought, well, why not do 365 days? Because I'll probably end up having a lot of fun. So today, what have I said yes to? I said yes to me when I went to the GP and I've been going to this GP for seven years for an ongoing problem that's been going on for eight years. And, um, you know, every time I go, it's something else. And I just got fed up and I said, that's it. I can't do this anymore. I'm bypassing the system. I'm going to go private. So I said to my GP, that's it. You know, he said, oh, come back and we'll do this and we'll do that. And I said, no, this is for seven years now. I said, just give me a referral. I want to go private. I'll go and see a specialist on my own and I'll pay for my own diagnostics. So, yes, I said yes to me and I said yes to my health. Because even if there isn't something sinister, you know, I don't think there's anything more valuable than your health and having peace of mind about your health so I need peace of mind because I've had some really really weird symptoms and as I said to you um, I think I mentioned it yesterday that they've alluded to MS um, and I just thought you know what I don't know if I've got MS if I do have MS but I'm not going to wait another year because I've got a I'm going, going on the waiting list um, to have the test done so I said yes to me and I said right I'm going to pay for it so there we go other fantastic thing that happened today is um, I'm going to be working freelance for another company. So there were two companies that I was really interested in in doing some training work for and some coaching work for. And both of them have come back and um, said, yes, they would like to have me on board and part of the team. And I've gone, yes, yes, please. I'd love it. So I'm really going to be going with the flow of those two companies. And I, and I look forward to what's coming up. So I also thought that maybe what I should do um, for you, for those of you who don't know me, is to maybe give you a little bit of a background of how I got to this point in my life where I've had to make a decision to pick me above all else. And when I say pick me, it's very much about picking my soul, my heart's desire not what my ego wants not what I think I need or want not what um, anybody else thinks but I believe that the soul is something that knows exactly what your life's purpose is it's it's 
connected to the universe, it's connected to God. And if you are looking to be joyfully content, then you need to start listening to your soul. So that's what this is all about. So a little bit of my background. Um, it's been a real mix match, mash, should I say, of um, a lot of turmoil of what I've experienced in my life. And, you know, sometimes I'm really comfortable talking about it and other times I'm not. And it's not because I'm ashamed of my life. I have no shame because I know that, you know, um, things happen to people. And I do know that we also attract some things, but I also know that there's bad luck. Um, but, you know, everything that's happened in my life, I have seen as, you know what, it's going to make me stronger. It's building my mental strength. It's building my emotional strength. I'm a very resilient person. Um, I like to see the good in people. I like to be positive in life. And so, but basically the biggest reason and the reason I believe that I stopped being myself and suppressed who I was from such a young age is because I was abused as a child, as a little girl. And this is something I only discovered um, in the last five or six years because I had suppressed the memories so much that, you know, I was having these issues and I didn't know what was going on. And suddenly I was clearly ready to deal with it because all the memories came flooding back. And I must have been about three years old. Um where a close family member who's been dead for many years um, fiddled with me. And that wasn't the first, um, or should I say, that was the first incident, obviously, that I can remember, because we don't always remember things from an earlier age than, than three. Um, but, you know, if you can imagine as a little girl trusting the adults in your life and they make you feel unsafe or they do things to you that make you feel unsafe I think it puts you on this um, path almost in an unconscious way in a survival way of trying to stay safe so you try and be a different person you try to please you try to make the people happy in your life because you don't want to upset them you don't want to um you know you think you're a bad person it makes you feel like if something bad has been done to you that you are a bad girl and it's your fault and then of course when you're told not to talk about it and you don't want to because it's just so shocking to you so you know and this very person I remember even as a nine-year-old saving my pocket money and I had a, a job in a little cafe around the corner even at such a young age and I remember always saving um, and I remember saving the money saving my money and then buying Christmas presents for my family and this one particular person I would buy presents for as well because I always wanted to please I wanted them to like me I wanted to not feel bad I wanted them to think that I was a good girl and not a bad girl and so I believe that was the start of my journey of always trying to please other people. Unfortunately, that was not the only time that this happened. Um, as a nine-year-old, I was exposed to porn, um, a close family, family relative, not a family relative, a family friend, 
um, molested me. Um, there was a couple of people in the church, and it was just it was just weird how you know I've studied psychology and being in this field now of human behavior and, and psychology and counseling and therapy and stuff. I do know that you know if you've been abused even from a young age, it's almost like something that gets stuck to you. It's There's so many people who have been abused and then it seems to happen over and over again with different people. It's almost like you're attracted in a way. Um, the same as when I was started being bullied at school as a nine-year-old. Um, at the same time as all of this happened with the, the, the molestation that was going on and, and the porn, which really messed with my mind, um, and not only was I bullied at school by a teacher and also by the, the, the students, but I was bullied by my one of my brothers. So life never felt safe to me. It didn't feel safe for me at home and it didn't feel safe for me um, at school. And, you know, being in a situation where you never, ever feel safe is absolutely horrendous because not only do you try and hide away from the world, but you try and turn yourself into something that's going to make you feel like you are liked, wanted, loved, accepted, um, so that you can avoid the behavior. But the more you try and please somebody and the more you try and change who you are, the more you seem to attract it. I mean, it's just this weird thing. Um, I actually wrote about it in my book, The Relationship Magnet. Because not only did the bullying follow me, but then as a young adult, I ended up in, a, you know, in domestic violence. So, so yes, yeah, so um, four relationships as an adult where I was, that were abusive. And so you can imagine <laughs> why I didn't know how to be myself or who I actually was because I had to go through this metamorphosis, is it metamorphosis? I had to go through this, you know, trying to be somebody else, trying to stay safe, always living on survival. Um, and you can imagine how it affected my health. Um, lots of anxiety, um, irritable bowel syndrome, strep throat, shingles. I've had a host of different illnesses and specifically stress-related illnesses to the point that I left school at the age of 15. My dad had to get special permission for me um, to leave school because you couldn't leave school before you were 16 those days and so I had to finish my schooling at home and in those days it was called distant, distance learning. You couldn't do online learning because obviously we didn't have the internet. Um, but not only you know the bullying and the abuse but I grew up in a home where my parents believed in corporal punishment. So uh, we got hidings um, if we didn't behave. And then obviously the whole religious aspect, you know, we grew up with fire, hell and brimstone. And so if you weren't a good person, there was always this threat over your head that you would burn in hell. And so we used to believe that there was a devil and that this devil would get you. So I remember sleeping very badly as a child and my parents did move me into my own room because I've got two brothers and they moved me to my own room when I was about eight or nine years old 
but I soon asked them to if I could move back in with my younger brother because my younger brother was the one person I felt really really safe with and I didn't want to sleep in my own room I grew up scared of the dark I grew up scared of noise I mean my goodness gracious me but at the same time there was a lot of aspects to me that was bold and courageous and outspoken and direct but I do remember my mom saying that you know they didn't really know what happened and my mom passed away before all these memories came flooding back of the abuse by a family member as a little girl um but my mom always used to say that I was such a happy-go-lucky little girl. You know, I was in love with life and so curious and always asking questions and always wanting to learn new things. Now, that part of me has not changed. But she did say that I stopped being that happy-go-lucky girl. I, I suddenly became fearful, withdrawn, sad lots and lots of sadness I remember always being sad and I remember one day in fact sitting on the beach with my daughter and my partner at the time and I think it must have been about 12 years ago and she looked at me and she said mom you're always so sad you know I've always known you to be this really sad person and if I look back at some of the photos um of me as a young adult I was always sad so I'd gone from that really happy-go-lucky girl to this very sad distressed teenager young lady young woman a lot of pain a lot of abuse a lot of health issues a lot of stress issues but you know the one thing that has kept me going and and why I can talk about it today is that for some reason I've always had this never give up spirit within me. I've always had this and, and maybe, maybe this is my soul that's been coming through because sometimes I still kind of um, struggle to differenti differentiate between what is soul and what is spirit. But I've, I've always had this indomitable spirit of not giving up. I've had very, very dark moments in my life where, where I've had felt like I wanted to kill myself, like I wanted to end my life and I wished other people dead, you know, honestly I've had really really dark moments where I've just sobbed and sobbed and cried for days and it's just been horrible but something has always been able to help me to reach up and pull myself out of that hole and when I've asked for help, when I've asked God, the universe, whatever you want to call it, you know, that, that all loving presence out there. And I've said, please send me somebody or show me who can help me or what do I need to do or how can I change this? I've always, I've always, it's always been answered. You know, I started believing in angels. I think I've always believed in angels, obviously growing up in a Christian home. But when I traveled overseas for the first time in 1998, I, um, made friends with my angel and I called him Angelo and Angelo has been with me ever since and apparently you know you get a guardian angel in all your lifetimes so it's not something unusual but every day now I speak to Angelo he helps me to find things to show me things to bring people across my path to help me solve things and it's just been whether you know it's having that guardian angel that has been watching over my life but I also believe that I've come through all of this because my life has a purpose. There's something 
that I very strongly believe is that I have gone through everything that I've gone through because I am here to help other people, to help them out of those dark moments and those terrible relationships and being able to assert themselves and stand up for themselves and love themselves and accept themselves and to realize most of all that somebody else's bad behavior is not your fault. You know, that was the biggest aha moment for me when I attended my emotional intelligence train the trainer course. When that lecture was said, somebody else's bad behavior is not your fault that was a profound moment to me that and the other thing she said was all your emotions are normal whatever you feel it doesn't matter if nobody else understands it it is normal it is natural to have emotions so that's a brief brief overview synopsis whatever you want to call it about my very troubled background that I had my very troubled life but I have to say that, that, you know, it started changing in 1998. Um, when I first became a health coach, I realized I became conscious and I realized that I could change my chronic fatigue syndrome. I could change my diet and I could heal my body. And that's where my, my new journey actually started. You know, before I realized or I had this desire to be myself or even realized that I wasn't being myself, that is truly when I felt like my life took on a different dimension. The minute I realized after reading a book about how a man had healed his cancer by changing his diet, I realized that, oh, okay, you know, I, I can empower myself and I can change my life. I don't have to be a victim of my circumstances. I don't have to wait for other people to make those moves. So even though I became aware of it then, it has taken me a while to 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 make that um, my natural way. I mean, as I said at the beginning of this podcast, I've been going to see this doctor for the longest possible time. And finally, I went, you know what, I'm going private because I, I can't deal with this NHS system anymore. So... I don't always remember that I can just make my own decisions, but it did start when I became that health coach after I healed my chronic fatigue syndrome. I then healed myself of fibromyalgia. Um, I've healed myself of female problems that I've had. So I've always had this ability to change things around if the desire was there and if the desire was strong enough. and but coming back to what I said, I've always believed that I've had a purpose because you can't possibly go through so much if there isn't a reason for going through it. And not only that, looking at my talents and my skills and looking at the things that I love to do, I love training. I absolutely love training. I love coaching and I love writing. So for me, it just seems, oh, and speaking. I love speaking as well. So it just seems completely natural that I would then talk about how I empowered myself, how I have got myself out of these situations, changed my life. You know, I've been married now for 11 years to my husband, a loving man, a committed man, um, a man I feel safe with. Um, after all those horrible relationships, I finally got married again. And that's another story which I'll maybe tell tomorrow. It's a beautiful love story. It's just amazing. 
Um, I've got a couple of magical stories that I can share with you. But I wanted to give you a little bit of my background just so that you can understand what brought me to this point. Why am I now at the age of 54 suddenly going, oh my goodness, I want to live life in a different way. I also believe that not only is it due to what happened to me that I became a different person, but I also think it's got to do with my gender. Because if you look at the media and culture and um, the environment, you know, women have had this role that we've, you know, we, we, we've always been put into a box. We couldn't do the things that we could do now. I mean, I remember, gosh, when I was 22, 23 years old and I wanted to buy a car, my ex-husband had to sign for me because as a woman, you didn't have the same rights to sign for finance. Um, we had no voting rights. So there's a lot of cultural aspects that make women change themselves and suppress themselves and feel hopeless and helpless and I think I've also got to this point not I think I know I got to this point because I had become so emotional not only sad but also really angry and I thought what am I so angry about you know when I started recognizing this incredible rage in myself I said to myself, why am I feeling this incredible, these incredible feelings of rage and anger and sadness? And it was only when I really started looking at what was underneath that. You know, I'd, I'd had the sadness for the longest possible time. And then I seemed to not get over the sadness, but the sadness then became anger. And then the anger became rage. And I've also... Yeah, I mean, I, it's it's hard to think back at, at what life was like because I think sometimes, you know, when you healed and you've moved on, you forget what it was like before. You forget how bad things were. But what I want to say to you is this, is that, you know, our emotions are there for a reason. And our emotions, and especially the ones that make us feel bad, are the ones that are telling us that something is wrong, that your life is not the way it's meant to be it's not the way um you've dreamt it to, you know the way you or the way you dream about the way you want it it's not going according to your blueprint the your purpose because i really believe that we all here for a purpose i really really do believe that so when your life is not on track in a way of making you feel great and I'm not saying that you're going to feel great all the time because we're human beings you know we have emotions and we're always going to have emotions and we often or maybe not so often are going to have those emotions that make us feel bad or sad or unhappy that's always going to happen but what does happen is the period between them becomes bigger and bigger and bigger and wider and wider and wider so the minute you recognize an emotion and you recognize what's underneath that emotion what that emotion is trying to tell you what message it's trying to give you and if it's something that you've got to heal or someone or yourself who you've got to forgive the moment you do that it's in the past it it then becomes a memory and then you move on to your life and things are going well and then the next thing will come up so the spaces in between those emotions do get longer and longer um, but I'm not promising your life of not having any negative emotions or 
uncomfortable emotions as I like to call them because I don't believe there's there's any negative emotions you have uncomfortable emotions because they're there to shake things up to say wait 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 you're not on the right path here or you're off course or you're off purpose or whatever it is so I want to invite you to start listening to your emotions to start journaling to start writing them down and just start paying a little bit of attention you know take the time to say why am I feeling like this when was the first time I felt like that and what happened and then just sit with that emotion because you don't always need to know all the details I mean obviously if you've experienced terrible trauma it's always good to heal from the trauma and to have somebody to help you through that if you can't do it on your own but sometimes we just need to feel their emotion because often we shove our emotions down as kids because we've never been taught that it's good to have emotions or specifically people from my generation and maybe even the next generation. We've never been taught that it's okay to have those emotions. So what we've done is we shove them down, we suppress them. So now when you feel it, you're almost giving it a voice, you're allowing it to be. So sit with it and allow it to come up and then release it and how you release it is you validate it you acknowledge it and you say well thank you um you know you can go so far as to say well thank you for showing me this thank you for teaching me if you recognize what the teaching is behind it but you can just sit with it and allow it to move through you and and let it go and if it doesn't want to go and it sits with you and sits with you and it makes you feel worse and worse and worse or you feel worse and worse and worse because of it then I invite you to get hold of somebody, get hold of me, get hold of anybody else who's a therapist, a, you know, um, a coach or somebody that can help you with that. Because the thing is, is that the more you shove your emotions down and you don't heal from the trauma and you don't allow yourself to heal, your body starts playing up, you start becoming ill, you start getting lots of symptoms and you can become very, very ill if you don't pay attention to your emotions and if you keep shoving them down and you don't heal from the trauma so when you don't release your emotions and you don't heal from the trauma chances are that you can become really ill you can get an autoimmune um, illness there's, there's many things that happen because of it and, I, and, and a lot of people believe that unresolved trauma and unresolved emotions can even cause cancer um, you know, so don't, if you, if you struggle to just be with it and let it go, get somebody to buddy up with you and to help you with that. You know, I've um, got a couple of coaches that I work with that help me when I'm stuck. Because even though, as I said, I'm a therapist, I'm a coach, and I've been doing this for many, many years, Often you just need that witness, somebody else who can point things out to you, to just help you, sit with you, be with you, remind you, and remind you of the tools that you know. Um, I've got a lot of tools, and often I forget about my own, my own tools, and fortunately I've got friends, as I said, and coaches who then remind me and say, well, hang on, remember your tools, use that tool. So, And don't feel embarrassed about it, don't feel bad about it, because this is something that we as human beings all have in common we all have emotions and when we have 
emotions that are continuously making you feel uncomfortable there's a reason for that because it's something that you as i said need to let go need to release need to resolve so that you can move on and get back on this path that's going to make you feel joyful and blissful and possibly even happier in the end so there we go that was day two um now you understand a little bit of, of my background um and if this has inspired you in some way i hope so because just know that you know just because you come from a broken background or you've had a lot of pain in your life it doesn't mean that you have to stay stuck there there are solutions you can move forward i am the absolute example of that and there's lots of people out there like me that can help you to get to to take the next step and to, and to move forward and to help you through it so that you too can find that bliss can find that joy and can find that peace in your life that we all want until next time i'll chat to you again tomorrow thank you for tuning in from me deborah mcphilamy and um goodbye for now Thank you.